0: High above the world sits Potasi, a city some 4,000 meters above sea level. Only a handful of other settlements across the world are higher. Continue another 1,000 meters up and you're on Cerro Rico, the red mountain in Potosí's skyline, shaped like a pyramid with a rounded peak. At this altitude, the basics of living, breathing, in and out, is difficult. Generations of fathers and sons have mined precious minerals on these slopes for centuries, breathing in the same dust and extracting the same minerals, dating back to the Spanish conquerors. Keep rising a few more thousand meters, and the body's cells start to die from the inside out, suffocated by a lack of oxygen. Here on Cerro Rico, or Rich Mountain, humans work on the threshold of sustainable life. Like a board game to the top of the pyramid, the winding cutbacks across the mountain's side shows the entrance to some 500 mines. Deep in the mountain they break up ore for silver, zinc, tin, and copper, dating back to the arrival of Spanish colonists. Every year thousands of workers die in the mines. Between dynamite blasts, particles of deadly dust in the air, or long years of labor, The locals call Cerro Rico the mountain that eats men. Throughout every mining shaft, there is a reminder of the dangers of working deep in the mountain. It is not a notice board for safety procedures, but a clay statue with black eyes and devilish horns. This is El Tío, the Lord of the Underworld. The miners say that God rules the land outside the mine, but down in the depths, it is Altios. They pay their respects to this dark figure with gifts and year-round rituals to keep him satisfied. Some fun, and some bloody. For the mountain that eats men, there is only so much that can be done before it grows hungry again. This is Secret Passages, a podcast about the stories found in hidden tunnels, subterranean networks, and other mysterious portals. I am E.S. Rodenbiker. Long have the Quechua people lived along the mountains of Bolivia. Their lungs are larger than most, able to carry more oxygen through their bloodstream. They have adapted to life near the threshold where humans cannot survive, so far up in the sky. Where others will slow down or pass out from the altitude sickness, they carry on. The stories about their people reach back to before the Incas When working in fields of maize under the sun made them strong and full of life. It wasn't until Spanish conquistadors arrived that they began digging into stone for treasures. They were enslaved to toil away from the fields and the sun. Into the dark chambers they went, going further and further into the deep, in search of wealth for their masters and the Spanish crown. All the promises of the richness of the new world were built on the backs of the Quecha and other Andean people. Over time, new stories of the Quecha are told, no longer relying solely on the god of the sun and fields. They tell tale of the lord of the underworld. The story goes... The Kecha people become obsessed with the labor of mines, and abandon the work of the fields. They say that their heads begin to drop inward, turning dark and greedy as they spend more time under the mountain. The stories say that they lose their love of the village, lost in the dark tunnels. Eventually snakes, lizards, toads, and insects take over the land a sign that new evils are afoot. There is an old myth still told in Pontesy of an evil spirit that takes the appearance of a white man that feasts on the people. It is called Pishtako, and it goes village to village sucking the fat out of people until they are depleted, leaving only skin and bone. El Tio is not the only dark presence in the Andes. Even in the churches of Potosi, the artistic depictions of the Roman soldiers that take Christ to the cross look like mustachioed conquistadors. There are other interests in Potosi that are just as hungry as the mountain. Through deep tunnels, the miners run barrows of rock, chiseled or blown apart, using many of the same archaic tools of their ancestors. Down in the mining shafts, the tight corridors begin to feel like entering another realm. To fight back the altitude sickness, miners chew coca leaves. Big lumps of coca in their cheeks have the effect of a stimulant and hold off appetite to work longer you may have heard of its more concentrated, recreational form. Cocaine. Now, before you get all bent out of shape, remember that coca leaves were used in Coca-Cola's original recipe, and it fueled many of your favorite movies in the 1980s. Down among the miners is where you'll find El Tío. El Tío, or the uncle, is connected to Mother Earth. She is the giver of life the resource of the mountain's riches. But Tio is more like the drunk uncle, looking for trinkets and bribes to keep him from making a scene at Christmas. Coca-leaves, cigarettes, and 95-proof liquor are laid at the clay shrines of El Tio that spread out through the mining passages. He has the horns of the devil, eyes of black marble, cocksure grin, Streamers cover him so that he looks like he just came from a kid's birthday party. Coca leaves are laid across his shoulder. Cigarettes dangle limply in his mouth. Hard liquor is poured over him. Sometimes a miner will strike a match, light a cigarette, and toss it on Altio, emulating him in burning blue light. The miners always find time to drink and smoke with Altio. If they don't, he may allow the mountain. eat them. The miners are not the only ones to pay homage to A Group of shamans, or yetiri, perform rituals to satiate the mountain and the lord of the underworld. During Carnival in March, and at the beginning of a new season cycle in August, the people of Potasi dress up like snakes, lizards, toads, and insects to match the stories of the Kecha when mining took over their cultures. A few happy devils make an appearance in the parade so that El Tío will feel seen and a sense of companionship. Then the Yetiri shamans perform an old, bloody ritual llamas are led up the board game cutbacks of the mountain to the entrances of the mines after ancient words spoken and rites performed the hearts of the llamas are removed these ritual sacrifices have been with the Quechua since the incas blood is spread across the mine opening the Yatiri and the gathered flock then trod further inside the mountain, spreading blood over the veins of ore. When they arrive to a shrine of Altio, the heart of the Lama is buried at his feet. The devil is not to be disturbed during his meal, so no one enters the mines for several days. What is now a shadow of its former opulent life. Once the center of the new world's riches, now dusty rooftops dip into grand courtyards filled with craftsmen selling their wares and women in stovepipe hats carrying the day's produce. The mountain is still there. So are the miners. Like lonely hearts after the last call for drinks, they remain. They do what they know, like their people before them. The cracking boom of dynamite shakes the tunnels and kicks up deadly particles. The miners say the coca leaves help filter out the bad dust, but then a boy no more than eleven dashes by with a barrow full of rock, and it feels like the future looks a lot like the past. It is rare for a miner to make it past the age of forty. Whether the Pishtaco or Altillo, life is being sucked from them, but so too from the mountain. Honeycomb craters now dot the mountainside. Concrete is poured into the fissures to help the mountain keep its shape and remain profitable. The mountain that eats men is still hungry, but it may not last much longer. Life in Potosi High up in the thin air has always been at a dangerous threshold. A few more thousand meters up and nobody can breathe. Yet the Ketchup people are suited to survive. Deep down in the mining tunnels, a rumble in the distance can be the sound of a new treasure discovered buried deep in the rock. But it may be the sound of a mountain's empty stomach making room for another course. Secret Passages is researched, written, and produced by me, E.S. Rodenbiker. New episodes are every two weeks. If you like what you hear, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly helps. And subscribe on Spotify or Apple. You can get in contact with me at secretpassagespodcast.com or you can follow along on Instagram or Facebook at secret.passages.pod. If you have a Secret Passages story to tell, please let me know, and I may even include it in a future episode. This episode is thanks to Jesse and Andrea for sharing their research with me on Bolivian mines and pointing me in the direction of El Tio. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening and see you on the other side.